It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning, also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's Friday, the weekend is just around the corner and the 22nd day of July for 2022. And coming up, we are talking about the Brisbane property market and finding out where things are at. Of course, Brisbane has been performing pretty well for a long period of time. They've also had the floods, which is the negative side of the ledger. We are going to break it all down on this Friday morning. Of course, Rich Harvey, he is away again this week. So in his absence, he has tagged Glenn to step up to the plate. And if you're celebrating your birthday for the 22nd, you share it on the same day as is Selena Gomez. She's turning 29. And the American wrestler Shawn Michaels is celebrating along with Danny Glover who worked with Mel Gibson on those Lethal Weapon films. He's celebrating his birthday. And Australian Dick Smith on this day all the way back to 1983 became the very first person in the world to fly a helicopter around the world solo. Only Dick Smith would do this. He started his trip in August of 1982 and it took him around a year to finish. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. And around Australia we go, checking on your weather. And first to Sydney, expecting showers again today. 17 degrees is your forecast high. Melbourne, look at that. It's sunny on your Friday morning with 17 degrees. Brisbane, on the other hand, expecting rain with 18 and Perth expecting some showers and 19 degrees. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. And the Brisbane property market has been running hot as over 30,000 people have migrated from the southern states to southeast Queensland over the last two years. It's a lot of people, people wanting to escape the colder climates and the COVID bubble. And subsequently, the Gold Coast, Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast all experienced a significant increase in population and property demand. Plus, at this time, it's hard to get a good rental property and it's been extremely tough if you've been trying to buy into this market. But is the market starting to turn? Will the attraction of spring and sunshine with lower prices continue to attract southern buyers to southeast Queensland? Let's talk property a podcast series with Rich Harvey. And to get the inside word on what is happening in the Brisbane property market this morning, we are talking with Glenn Sainsbury, Principal Brisbane Buyers Advocate for propertybuyer.com.au. And a very good morning to you, Glenn. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. And how's the sunshine and the weather been over the last week? Oh, look, we've had a little bit of cloud, but we've had some amazing days. A much uh, warmer place to be in the uh, in the wintertime. 
You will get no complaint from me on that score. Now, Glenn, CoreLogic, they're reporting that Brisbane's growth is flattening out to just 0.1% increase in June after a period of rapid growth. Now, you're on the ground there in Brisbane. Is this reflecting what you're seeing? Look, well, that's an aggregate metric um, that's based on a number of suburbs. And what we're seeing at the moment, obviously at a sweet point in the property cycle, when the tide is rising, all boats uh, seem to be rising and all suburbs are experiencing that growth. But what we're experiencing now, at this point in the cycle, we're seeing the areas, particularly the inner markets, we're seeing some of those areas now move out of affordability and combined with the, the servicing of loans and the increasing in interest rates, we're seeing a real shift towards the, the under $1.5 million and in particular under $1 million middle suburban suburbs. So we're actually seeing a two-speed scenario happening where we're seeing some settling in certain suburbs, particularly those that started early in the property cycle up here in Brisbane. And we're still seeing some areas that are actually still experiencing month on month increases in overall buyer demand. We're watching days on market so critically low that you cannot possibly get any lower. Uh, And we're watching uh, no material increase in listings. So we're seeing the the median pricing uh, continuing for the moment in many of those those more affordable areas. So it really is a two-speed market in Brisbane at the moment. And the Brisbane property market, it's been running hot, as we know. How would you describe the market at this present moment in time? We are just starting to see, rather than having you know 20 plus um, prospective buyers at a property, uh, we are seeing less. Uh, we're seeing uh, people moving to suburbs that previously they may have been looking in one of these areas, but due to pricing and, and affordability, they've now moved to, to something surrounding. So it's quite interesting to see that good quality properties, no matter where they are, what market they're in, where they are in the cycle, what growth has occurred, they still have that strength of demand. They still have multiple people wanting to purchase. There is a lot of cash in the market in Brisbane still, and there are a lot of more sophisticated investors who run their own race and and will be buying when they have the capacity to borrow funds. And and they're certainly not worried or concerned about current market conditions because they know that they don't know if the sun's going to set tomorrow, let alone trying to predict what teams of people in the Reserve Bank cannot. And of course, people will be interested to know what's happening in the prestige market. And I thought that we would start by looking at the inner ring suburbs of Brisbane. We're seeing uh, demand certainly uh, reduce in those areas. We're seeing, uh, due to the level of uh, growth that it's experienced, uh, affordability plus serviceability now with the increasing interest rates, we're seeing uh, less people, particularly those with deposit situations at 10 and 20%, competing in against those people in those stronger positions. In those inner markets, the, the profile at the moment of the buyers are generally those that are either had some growth in a current property and they're transitioning, they're either downsizing, often paying cash sometimes, or they're in a position where they're relocating, they're upgrading, uh, they're taking advantage of the climate over the previous two years uh, for that transition. So the properties uh, 12 months ago that were, that I would consider average or that have elements of compromise to them, they were selling no matter what. Now we're seeing those properties, they're really not having that same demand profile. They are hard 
harder to move. The agents are having to work harder. Those type of properties are actually holding back or, or pushing back that overall growth profile for that suburb. Because what we're seeing is the strong properties still have demand, still sell, but are being mitigated in terms of the overall data by those less desirable properties that now don't just have Congo lines of people waiting out the front to try to buy them. Okay, so that is the inner ring suburbs. Let's have a look at the middle ring suburbs. Uh, Who's out there buying at the moment? So standard attached properties in a good suburban environment where you've got uh, a fairly fixed amount of supply, um, you possibly have some growth metrics um, uh, in, in regards to jobs, transport corridors, things like that, still reasonably strong. Uh, again, if, if you're talking about suburbs that are around that sort of $800,000 mark, we still have you know uh, exceptional strength. When you look at uh, increasing mortgage payments on $800,000, people aren't going to die if interest rates rise by a percent. So we're seeing strength there. We're still seeing people upgrading, uh, downsizing, moving out of prestige areas, paying cash. We're seeing a lot of interstate people who have realised the gains down south and they are still in that market, particularly that that middle ring, um, because often we're seeing a lot of people with, you know, with a clear million dollars cash after the experiences of the last few years down in the southern states uh, from a growth perspective. And of course, uh, Brisbane sustained massive flooding. How has the market rebounded since the last floods and what is buyer sentiment around the floods that took place? Well, look, for interstate buyers, it's probably the second question that we would get in terms of what they uh, certainly don't want to be a part of. The caveat on that, of course, is if you are buying a $10 million prestige property on the Brisbane River, um, you're very prepared and, and very understanding of the fact that you are in a flood zone. So any of the more prestige areas generally around the river, it's really been nothing more than a blip on the radar. Uh, I live in Norman Park. We lost half of our home, apart from the inconvenience of the the timing that it takes um, for trades and insurance. Um, it really has not overall, uh, in my opinion, affected people from a from a, a growth or a buyer's mindset. There is one area of Brisbane, though, the Rockley area, uh, that is um, certainly being affected. You're seeing properties there that are going to market that have been stripped, uh, unable to be fully renovated in time. You're seeing insurance as high as $7,000 a year. And when you're looking at you know sub $650,000 properties, that cost impost is significant. That area in particular is affected from uh, the flooding that we have had. But in terms of your prestige and your inner markets, you know, people that are buying certainly are prepared to accept that flooding risk. The one thing I would say is I would strongly recommend not buying a property without any material benefit of a flooding risk. So if you're not looking at the water, if you're not backing onto the water, if you're not getting to experience a real material benefit from having an area in a flood or having a property in a flood zone, do not buy it. Uh, There's some areas where, you know, I've driven around during the floods and you just cannot believe that a, a suburban street has that volume of water going through it, but there's no material benefit that makes it desirable for that risk. And looking at Brisbane bidders uh, come auction time, what are you seeing in this area compared to the same time last year? 
Oh, chalk and cheese. Uh, so last year there was an absolute fear of missing out. There was a surplus of buyers at auction. Sometimes people were not considerate of what they were paying. Uh, as a buyer's agent, we're always aiming to do well. I remember this time last year, I think I went to nine auctions before we were able to be successful in securing an appropriate property you know, under its value. Uh, and that's just because of the strength um, and how difficult it was uh, when you had so many buyers. But now what we're seeing is those desires properties um, with the strong elements uh, will always have demand. But the properties that are less desirable, that may have some compromises, that do not have all of the elements that, that, that people really seek, they're the ones that we're seeing particularly getting passed in at auction. You've still got vendor expectations based on how strong the market has been, that they are going to um, still achieve exorbitant and sometimes record pricing. And that is just not the case when it has those less desirable elements. So A-grade property still has uh, good demand, is still achieving good things. But we're looking at what you determine as a B or a C grade property, uh, those are really being affected. We're seeing them pass through at auction. We're seeing great outcomes for people who are buying those because, again, they're not having to compete with multiple parties. And spring can't come soon enough. Generally, the positivity is up. People are feeling more happy, more bullish, you could say. What's your prediction and outlook for the spring of 2022? I don't think a lot of change is going to occur. We've obviously got the uh, wider market forces at play that a lot of the reactive people are, are very fearful of um, with interest rates, inflation, and a few other of those factors. So what we see up here is those that will need to sell, that will still move through into the market. Um, but I really don't see uh, any um, amazing um, change in the overall market results or sentiment um, during this spring window because we are certainly in a in quite an interesting time, um, which is putting fear necessarily or unnecessarily uh, into a lot of people. And we asked your colleague, uh, Amanda Jones, last week what her advice was for buyers sitting on the fence there in Melbourne. Only fair to ask you the same question for Brisbane fence-sitters. I've been up here for 22 years working with first-time investors through to your high net worth with extensive portfolios. There are two types of people um, in terms of the, the property investment space. There are those people that are proactive. Those people run their own race, regardless of market conditions. Their main focus is when they have the capacity to borrow funds and they can do it in a safe and a risk-mitigated way, they move forward. Now, if it means that when they're buying, the market's growing considerably, well, you know, that's a benefit. If it means that the market is settling a little bit uh, and they're able to pick up really, really good property with some with some equity built in, well, that's a benefit. The other type of people, and they are the people that are the reactive types. They're the types that we see that often are led by um, the media. They're led by trying to predict the future. And there's only two things that we are sure of. The first thing is we cannot predict the future. And secondly, in terms of cost to build a home or replacement cost, it will never be cheaper than it is today. Um, that, that's really the only two things that we do know. 
I would suggest to people to run your own race. The great thing about Brisbane, we've got population growth. We have got relative affordability. Our purchase prices in relation to our incomes are very, very low in comparison to Sydney and Melbourne. From a rent versus ownership point of view, there are still many suburbs where it's more expensive to rent than to actually buy. You should be focusing, in my opinion, on what those high net worth investors and the ones that are very successful, you should focus on what they do, and that is they worry about running their own race. They know they can't predict the future, but what they can do uh, is is control what they can do. Uh, and the first thing we do at Property Buyer is sit down with the, the client. We look at the worst cases. You know, you need to look at what happens if things are at 8% interest rates. What's that going to mean on a cost to own basis? And if you've got that knowledge, it gives you the freedom and the confidence to be able to run your own race. Good on you, Glenn. Thank you for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Enjoy your Friday. Wonderful. Thank you. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.